Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. All right. Good morning again, everybody. Thank you, praise team. Thank you. It was beautiful this morning. That's what prepares us this morning for what else the Lord might have to say to us today. So... We're glad you're with us. If you would, turn in your Bibles to the first book of the New Testament, book of Matthew, chapter 6. <clears throat> and uh, today we're going to talk about um, who's on first, like an old uh, baseball saying when Abbott and Costello from days gone by, when I wasn't even a thought, but... Uh, used to do this funny comedic return of who's on first, but you know, if you're a baseball purist, I'm not. I just like playing the game. You know, I loved playing baseball, playing softball years later, even when I got too old to play, but uh, I enjoyed it. But I enjoy watching a baseball game, but for some of the purists who just really follow every little detail of the game and they're all into every little detail, the game of baseball would not work if you didn't follow the structure that was in place to make it competitive and to make it fair. It wouldn't work. Sometimes if you've been to a little league game, maybe you watched your own son or daughter, maybe your grandchildren, and you go to a little league game or t-ball game and someone gets the hit and they start running to third base instead of first. And, and of course it's funny because they're little and they don't quite understand yet. But once you begin to understand that you need to go to first if you ever have a chance to make it home, then it's far more important. And so there's a lesson there for us today, and that is, where is Jesus in your life today? Is he, is he first? Is he third? Is he somewhere in the outfield? Where is he at today? So let's pray today as we begin. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you today. And Lord, we know that you're present with us. We thank you for being a part of the New Testament church and how you created it so that we could pull together and we could worship you corporately. And Lord, we could hear the truths of your word and we could be reminded that in your word, that Lord, when we say, speak to me, Often, so much of the direction, so much of the hope, so much of the game plan for life is right here for us. If we just take a moment and ask you to show us the way, teach us, Lord, how to live this life. Bless our time here together. May you touch all of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 6. Starting at verse 31. And before I read verse 31, and it's not going to be up there real quick, let me just read verse 25 to you real quick. It says, Therefore I say to you, and this is Jesus' words, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? and the body more than clothing. And then let's pick up here at verse 30, 31. 
And again, Jesus is repeating the part. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. And here in the text that we're reading, the Gentiles, I'm a Gentile, so um, it's talking about those who are outside of the faith. And the actual uh, real word there is even pagan, for those that just don't know the Lord. So what do we seek after when we don't know the Lord? Everything the world has to offer, Right? We're seeking after those things. Our minds are focused on that. When you have the water cooler conversation with someone at work, when you have it on the construction site, maybe through your email or chat, often our conversations lead to, hey, I've been working to buy this thing, or there's this sale here, or there's this deal here, or we're doing this and we're buying this. Nothing's wrong with those things, but let's read on. For after these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He already knows what we need. So his guidance to us, his game plan for us is, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. When we come to that moment in our life and we realize if I'm going to make it home, if I'm going to make it home to heaven, there has to be a moment to where I come before the Lord And there has to be that first time where I say, Lord, I need you. I believe you. I know that you paid the ultimate price. Just like we think about on Memorial Day. It's a time to acknowledge those who gave all so that we might experience freedom. Jesus, perfect, God in the flesh, paid the price. He gave it all. So when we're reminded of that, that's what we have to do first to experience and be a part of the Lord's family and to have our place in heaven. So that when we go around the bases of life, our home is in heaven and we don't get sent off to the dugout and get yelled at or punished for the rest of eternity. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. We often do just like everybody else does. We toil with the things we feel we need. We toil in life with the things that we do need. Paying our mortgage, paying for food, getting a loan so you could fill your tank up full of gas. You know, we, we pay all those things. We live in a world where we are part of the world. I remember once I made, I don't recommend this. If anybody is in their career path, any young people, do not do as I'm about to tell you I did. One time I was working for a company and they had promised me, hey Ben, when you come to work for us, we're going to open a branch in the Canton area and you'll work there and you'll manage that, you'll help manage that branch. Um, But for now we need you to work in downtown Cleveland. So my first day of work in downtown Cleveland, when I got out of work, 
I got into so much traffic, it took me three hours to get home. I didn't know it was the Indians Cleveland, it was their opener, season opener. And everybody let out the same time that Rush Hour did. And I'm in this traffic for hours, and I'm like, I'm quitting, I'm quitting. I don't, I'm not doing this all the time. So the commitment to put a place in Canton took a much longer time frame than what I was told. And so I'm in Cleveland, and I'm in Cleveland. And so then the president or vice president, we were sitting in his office, began to talk about all those things. And they could sense I was getting a little restless. And so they're trying to pump me up and talking about the money I can make and all these things. And you'll be able to make these kind of bonuses when the branch makes this kind of money and we'll do all those things. And he was really trying to prep it up. And he goes, so what, what really, what inspires you? What will, what will get you fired up? And I go, well, you got to realize where I'm coming from. Again, don't follow this advice. This is not good career advice. I said, well, I want you to know that I work so that I can live. I go to work, I will give you 110% all day long, but I don't live to work. It's not my focus. I'll give you everything, but you gotta understand where my priorities are at. Let's, um, let's turn to the Old Testament. Psalms 89, verse 11. So putting God first, whether it's in general or whether it's in what we often do is we, we make pockets and we like say, all right, God's first in this area of my life, but this one, I'm not, not so much, I'm, I'm not there yet or just don't want to and we all struggle with that, okay? If I told you that God was always first in every area of my life, I, I, would, I just couldn't do that. I'm striving for that. That's what we should all strive for, but I struggle with that. So when we think about finances, when we think about putting God first in areas, I think it's important that we get a foundation laid. So let's, if you would, Psalms 89 verse 11 says, the heavens are yours, the earth is also yours, the world and all its fullness. You have founded them. You know, when we begin to realize that everything in the world, it's all God's. He created it. He designed it. He founded it. Have you ever had the privilege to go to a business or a company or a place and you ever get a chance to walk with maybe the, the owner or the person that founded or started that company and sometimes they'll take and walk you around a little bit. Years ago, when uh, I was actually on a sales call in Columbus and it was gonna be a big meeting and one of the people that worked for me, a couple of them were going along and she said, hey, my mom is the executive assistant at the Columbus Zoo. She goes, on the way back, do you want to do a behind-the-scenes tour? And I said, let me think about that. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> that would be awesome. And so one of the people that actually started the Columbus Zoo was a part of that lineage of the family that said, we need to do this for our community, and they lobbied for it, took us through the first part of it. 
super cool was their vision of having what ended up being one of the greatest zoos, in, certainly in Ohio, it's an amazing zoo. So we have to remember that God founded the earth and everything in this earth is his. So when we look at the things that we own, when we look at our time, when we look at our money, you know, there's the parable, and we won't go there today just because there's not enough time. It's mentioned twice in the Gospels, and it's about how the ruler went away, and he left talents with each person, and he said, these are, these are yours to take care of and to manage while I'm away. The things that God has given Lori and I, the finances, the home, the different things that we have, I, I need to look at it as I'm a caretaker. I'm a caretaker of what God's allowed me to have. I'm a caretaker of the body. Sometimes I don't take the best care of my body. I'm a caretaker of my time. Today, you are living out part of putting God first because even though Sundays don't always feel like it because Mondays kind of feel like the first day of the week, Sunday is the first day of the week. And we pull together and we assemble and we worship the Lord the first day of the week. So if we look at that foundation and we realize that everything is the Lord's anyhow and everything that we have He's allowing me to be a caretaker of it. Then you'll look at it a little bit different. We're going to play a video clip here for you today. And I hope it translates for you who are watching online or you're watching this later. Um, this gentleman, Juan Gonzalez, has a YouTube channel. And it's called That Was Epic. And I seen this video actually a couple years ago. And then I watched it again recently. And... YouTube and YouTubers, it's a big deal today. There are, there are some people who are making crazy money because of all the followers they have on YouTube. So Juan has a lot of followers. Uh, Jim Saxer reached out to him and said, hey, can we use your video today? And he said, absolutely, he gave us permission to it. So if you would uh, play this video for us today. Hello. Hi, uh, uh, super random question. I'm so, I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm just wondering how much you pay for rent here. Oh. Uh, yeah, I know it's kind of I'm personal. I'm paying $1,200. Yeah, oh, and you don't own it? You pay yeah. 1200 here? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There you go. What is this? Oh, that's for your next uh, rent payment. You said 1200 right? Yeah. 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 Why? I don't know. You know, I've been praying about this. I don't have rent money for tomorrow. Are you, are you serious? Well, there you go. Now you have it. <laughs> I know it's really hard to believe. Um, yeah, it's the 30th. I figured. Are you an angel? No, I'm just, uh, I have a YouTube channel, though, called That Was Epic. And today we're actually uh, knocking on strangers' doors and then offering to pay their rent. 
<laughs> like yeah, that's my cameraman. So where it's actually you'd believe it. You wouldn't believe how hard it is to find people that. I've been pretty, I, I'm in the middle of job transition. And it's been tough for me. Oh man, dude, I'm so glad. I, I, I prayed this morning. I said, Lord, I'm always paying my rent on time, and just things happen wrong. Yeah, of last course. Two months, life, moved here four months hard. ago, and things went really bad for me when I got here. The company I worked for got sold last, and we were basically left out in the street, literally. Even this morning, I was like, I told my nephew, I said, you know, the last thing that I can have that I will not give up is hope. That's the last thing I'll give up. And I'm like, so, you know, I'm going to take this because I know it's God. This is just a thing from the Lord. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad I can help you. Can I give you a hug? Yeah, of course you can. I'm so glad I picked Thank you. Thank you. Let me call my wife. Here you Yo te dije que tenía para pagar la renta, ¿no? Este muchacho ya toca la puerta, ¿no? ¿Cuánto paga la renta? Le digo, mi posiente, si me saca el dinero, me lo dan y se paga la renta. Y yo le estaba orando a Dios, digo que el cambio de trabajo ha sido difícil. Ajá. ¿Y qué le ves? Le digo, suelte que se mate. No, hago uh, videos en YouTube. Estamos haciendo un video uh, pagando la renta de la gente. Increíble. Ahí está mi cámara, mira. ¡Ay, no! <risa> <risa> ¡Ay, Dios mío! ¡Por qué salí! Bueno, vamos a seguir con la última escena, pero estoy tan feliz que pude ayudarte. Espero que tengas una buena vida. Bye. You're welcome. Powerful visual, isn't it? Really makes you think a little bit different. You know, God's principles, God's principles not only help all of us who are his children, God's principles even help those who yet stand outside of the faith. If you would turn to Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10, and while you're turning there, and share what I mean by that. How, how, do, how do God's principles work for people that don't even know the Lord? Well, there's still a blueprint for life. God's Bible still teaches whether you believe in him or not, if you follow the principles of his word, you can get to first base. You can get to second base. You can make your way around. You may not get home because you haven't accepted him yet. And I, I saw a short video clip of an artist, a music artist called Pitbull. Okay, Pitbull is an American, Cuban, Latino pop rap singer, okay? So I know that um, Jeff probably has all his albums. And uh, he, uh, he's actually, he's, he's super popular. He had an era of music where he put out a lot of music. His net worth today, when I Wikipedia'd him, looked it up on Wikipedia, he's worth $100 million dollars. And so it was an interview and he was sitting there and he goes, I was sitting there and he goes, I was just being really transparent and I was talking to another friend and I looked at him and I said, you know what? Money can't buy me happiness. And he came from a very impoverished family. His mom raised him by pretty much herself. At one point he was in foster care. He came from nothing. And now he's got everything and he says, you know, money still can't buy me happiness. 
And the guy he was with was a wealthy individual as well. And he said, you're right. Not until you give it away. I don't believe that, I don't know that either one of these individuals know the Lord, but the principle of giving away, the joy that happened there in that situation is amazing. What, what he was able to do, what Juan was able to do. And to Pitbull's credit, if you look him up, he has started some school systems, some programs for the inner city, and he has truly given back. So God's principles are for everybody. If you would look at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. God's principles, he wants even in our time in what we do and what we give to others and what we give to the Lord, our first fruits, not our leftovers. He wants us to give the first fruits of our finances. Please, today, this is, this is a family conversation. I don't care personally what you do with your money for the church. But I want you to understand what God can do for you when you're faithful with the first fruits. I used to, uh, when City Church was birthed, Lori did the books and thankfully we have Patty Turner who is an angel and Lori doesn't have to do that. And so sometimes Lori, after a long day at work and all the things she would do to volunteer at church, she would do the book work. And so I would at times have to help her. And the one thing I never wanted to do is I would only look at the back of a check because I never wanted to know what anybody in the church would give because I never wanted to be tempted in my flesh to treat anybody differently. Never should a pastor do that. But to give of your first fruits is not an easy thing to do. I understand some of you today, some of you today are in financial turmoil. You are wondering, how am I gonna get by this month? How am I gonna pay my rent? How am I gonna make it? Everything's more expensive. Inflation is going through the roof. Finances are getting tight and I don't know how I'm gonna get by. And you're telling me that I should give from the very beginning, from my first fruits. Well, God is because he wants to put a blanket of protection over you. He wants to bless your life. Um, let's read um, the story in Mark. Turn to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, and I'll explain this a little bit further. <clears throat> See, God's principles of putting God first in areas of our life to include our finances is not always easy. I, I know that. I started as a young person. I encourage you as a parent, as a grandparent, 
as an influence upon the little ones in your life, teach them what tithing is. Instill upon them of giving to God and his kingdom work because then that will carry over into their lives. Teach them that while they're young. I remember mowing lawns and taking that money I would give and I made sure that the first I did was give it to the Lord. Do you know how much the Lord has blessed me throughout my life because of those reasons? Not, not in always the ways we think about, but God has certainly protected us. Do you know one of the things that happens when we don't put God first in our finances is our life becomes out of balance. We don't follow God's plan and we start to head towards third base instead of first base. And we get our life out of whack and we become greedy or we become protective or we become possessive with what is God's already and we're just being caretakers of it. Do you know today there are politicians in our country who have been voted upon and called upon to serve you and to serve the greater good of the freedom that we have today. You know what's happening to a lot of them? Greed and power and money. And what they'll do is they will sacrifice the good of the country to line their own pockets full of money. That is probably going to begin to hurt America from the inside out greater than our worst enemies will. Why? Their lives are out of balance. Their lives are out of balance. Let's look to Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. And this is the story of the widow's might. When I read this story, do not become overwhelmed. God is not calling you to give every single thing you have most likely. This is just a great principle. And if we backed up before the passage, right before Jesus talks to his disciples about the widow, do you know what he was talking? He was preaching against the religious leaders who were taking advantage of the widow. And, and he was talking about the religious leaders who flaunt and stood in front of the offering probably with a uh, hundred ones. There's another one and another one. He was preaching against them before this takes place. I think it's important you understand that. All right, verse 41. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many were rich, and they put in much. Then one poor widow came, and she threw in two mites, which make a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself. He called his disciples over, and he wanted to use this as a teaching moment. He said, assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they put in out of the abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. I don't think, if we looked at the character of Jesus for who he is, he wasn't sitting there looking at the treasury to go, Oh, I wonder who's giving money to the house of the Lord. He was sitting there looking at the offerings for those who came with a genuine and a cheerful heart and said, I'm going to give to the Lord. And he saw the beauty of that. And I don't think it was a judgment. 
And you know what? Sometimes it's difficult when we are struggling to pay our bills to give. And then the flip can happen when God's blessed you so abundantly and you start to look at all this and I'm like, I'm going to give that much to the Lord? I could do a lot of things with that. It works both ways. You could be like my buddy who's sitting out there today who's told me before, money doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Ryan said, that money doesn't matter. I just want to be able to take care of my family. <clears throat> it's good to prepare for things in life, but it's not good to worry or to be greedy or selfish. You know, I don't like how some pastors, and I want to be really careful when I say this, preach that if you give to the church, that you're going to be so blessed that you're going to become wealthy and you're going to have more money than you know what to do with. Church, that's not, I don't, I don't see that as being biblical. I see and the Bible speaks of it in Malachi, try the Lord. It's the one place in the Bible where it says, test me. I encourage you, if you haven't actively been giving to the Lord, take a three-month period. Say, Lord, I want to try to be obedient. This isn't going to be easy for me, but I want to try to give to you. And I'm going to take it a little step further. Sometimes your ties, I feel like the majority of your ties should go to the church not all my tithe goes to City Church. Most of it does. Most of what Lori and I tithe goes to City Church. We also feel led to give to another ministry. And you know what? As a Christian, you should have a generous spirit. How many people do we come across on a weekly, a monthly, or yearly basis who just need help? If I just give to the church and I don't meet the needs of my brother and my sister... I'm not fulfilling what God wants me to do with my finances. I'm not putting him, him first. It's a whole picture. I was at a restaurant that I go to occasionally with one of my good friends, and I'm sitting there, and this really broke my heart because he said, uh, he goes, yeah, I was talking to the waitress that sometimes waits on us, and he goes, yeah, she goes, I was here, and he goes, she was getting real annoyed with this one table, and I said, I could tell you're kind of upset, you know, when you're not around them. And he goes, yeah, that, that guy just, he, he, he's so demanding. He asks for everything, and then he barely leaves a tip for all the work I'm doing, and he's just rude to me. And she goes, and he's a pastor. And I'm like, what? And so thankfully, she said, now, he's not like your friend. <laughs> he's not like your friend, but I don't like him. Maybe he's faithful in church, but he's not faithful in his mission field out in the world. Being faithful with the first fruits is in many areas of our lives. God sometimes will choose to bless some of you financially in ways that are far more abundant than what you could think. It's happened to Lori and I in times of our lives. The blessing of being faithful may be in the unseen things. Maybe that car lasts you a few more years than it would have. Maybe that furnace stayed in place and kept running longer than it was supposed to. Maybe when that failed, 
You had a Christian brother or a friend or an acquaintance or someone who came in and they helped you with what needed done and it only cost you half what it was supposed to. Jesus was telling the disciples when they were upset that Martha had anointed, Mary had anointed his feet with oil and it cost a year's wages. And you know what Jesus said? He goes, you will always have the poor amongst you. Some faithful, godly people are going to struggle with their finances until God calls them home. That's the way sometimes. Do you know what? Some of us couldn't handle the abundance if God poured it out onto us in our pockets. Some of us would forget the Lord. I could be guilty of that myself. But the Lord blesses us in different ways. You know, it's interesting. It never says anything more about that widow, about that teaching moment that Jesus was sharing with the disciples. He could have, she might have went and maybe a few months later married the uh, president of the Cleveland Clinic, the Jerusalem branch, you know, and she might have been well taken care of for the rest of her life. Or you know what? She might have struggled to get by for the rest of her life. But I can promise you this, she was under the blanket and the care of the Lord Jesus Christ because she was faithful. Praise team, if you'd come up. Church, I know when we talk about, anybody talks to you about money, <laughs> it can get touchy, it can get personal, it can make you feel uncomfortable. This is just a family conversation. The Lord doesn't need your money. He owns it all. I've heard people say that before. That's fair. The Lord can get money however he wants to do it to do his goodwill. But you know how he chooses to do it? It's through all of us. He gives us the opportunity so that we can take what's been provided to us to get by in this life and that we can give it back to the Lord in the form of a tithe and an offering. And here's where some people make the mistake. My offering, my financial offering should come from a place of I'm giving back to you, Lord, what you've allowed me to have. Because at the end of the day, I realize that you paid a price that I could never afford. I could never buy my way into heaven. I could never buy forgiveness of my sins that happened through the blood sacrifice that you poured out because you love me. And when we look at the foundation and we realize what Jesus has done, it's my opportunity, it's my privilege to give back to the Lord. In my time, in our worship, in our finances, that's a privilege. Don't step outside of what God promises in his word that he'll bless you with. And again, it could be in so many different ways. But to be under his care and under his protection and to be aligned in his obedience, I promise you, if you try that and you really commit to it and you do it out of a heart of worship, God will bless you and you'll not regret it. 
Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we live in this world. And Lord, we, we need necessities. We need to eat. We desire and we need a roof over our heads. And there's so many other things that you allow us to live abundantly in this world for. But Lord, we struggle with our flesh. I struggle with my mind. I struggle with my emotions. But Lord, help us to put you first in our lives. To put our lives in order by coming to you and having you be the Lord of our lives. So that when we make a decision, we come to you. Lord, what would you have me to do? When we want to give back, that I give you the first fruit and not the leftovers so that you don't sometimes end up with anything. And Lord, that applies to all of our lives in every area, our time, our offerings, our giving back. And Lord, let us be reminded that this is to go into all aspects of our lives, to people in need who hurt when we have a chance to help, help us to see the need and to help to be faithful. Lord, today, if someone here today or someone who's listening, I pray that they wouldn't get lost in the moment of the money, lost in this first fruits out of what we've received in this life because far more important is their soul. And if they haven't come to that point in their life where they have said, I want to put you first. I want to invite you in to be the Lord of my life and to save my soul. I pray that they'll do that today. Lord, for many people who are struggling financially or just struggling getting things in order, that um, Lord, you'll help us to have the strength to say, Lord, I'm just going to try a little harder put you first. And Lord, I'm going to hold on to the promise that even when I can't see it, that you will bless my life. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says, by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his Son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. 
I believe that you're God's son and you came and lived a perfect life and you died on the cross and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC. Or you can get it our church app through any of the um, streaming services. And we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope knowing that Jesus is your Savior and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.